0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay yeah. So we're um, 20 yeah. years yeah. ago yeah. So Parshas Parshas Zachar. We learned something uh, amazing About The language of the Torah How does the Torah speak? The Torah's Choice of phrase The, Torah, the Torah's choice of language Is different from the way that we speak. And what we're going to learn is, when the Torah says, "Somebody did something wrong," it's highly exaggerated. The Torah speaks in a highly exaggerated form. Who says? How could we say such a thing? So <laughs> let's take a look. Take it, huh? Let us see. How does that do not it, huh? It's exaggerated from our point of view but from the point of view of the author, it's absolutely accurate. In other words, when the Torah says somebody did an Avera, or somebody sinned terribly, for us it would be a dake dakos of sin. From the point of view of the creator of the universe, it is a terrible sin. And we'll see what we mean. This is uh, We're going to see a lot uh, from the writing of the Arhat Safon. I don't know if we've uh, read the Sefer inside before. The Arat Safun are the Musr Shmuzan of the Altar of Slabatka. The Altar of Slabatka, we know, is uh, pretty much responsible for practically most of the yeshivas in the world today. Well, How can you say such a thing? Most of the Rashi yeshivas that founded the main yeshivas all over the world were of the Altar of Slabatka. Good, good. Chaim Berlin, Tarva das. Um, yeah, sure. um, yeah. Yeah. Rav hunter, Tarav Adas, Rav Yaakov was a very close Talmud of the altar of Sabaqa, Rav David Liebowitz, the founder of Yeshiva Chafetz Chaim, was a close student of the altar of Sabaqa, Rav Shach, Rav Aaron Cutler, these are all Talmidim of the Alter of Sabaqa, Rav Ruderman and Ari Yisrael, Talmidim of the Autor of Sabaqa, practically the Olam Ha Yeshivos originated in Sabaqa. You know, uh, of course you have the Brisk dynasty, which is, some, which is di- different, but the outer of Sabatka is very much responsible for much of the Torah we have today. And even uh, other Gedolim that, that learned in Sabaqa after the altar, Rabbi Victor Miller was a Talmud of Sabaqa, but already a Talmud of the son-in-law of the altar of Sabaqa, of Isaac Sher, right? And Rabbi Vram Grzinski, But uh, Sabaqa is like the mother of, uh, the continuum of Volashin and the mother of the yeshivas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't we have people from Radin who also formed uh, as, uh, well, as the Chafetz Chaim uh, said to the altar Chafetz Chaim said to the altar I write svarim and you produce Talmudim the Chafetz Chaim had a very small yeshiva in Raden where uh, Chafetz Chaim founded the yeshiva but he wasn't uh, the Rosh Yeshiva he hired Rosh Yeshiva Rav Naftali, Trump and others right. Okay. The so Valkin was also a he didn't find the he did <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, the Arahat Safin was not written by the author of it was written by one of his Talmudim, Rev Dov Katz, who also wrote five volume work called Tnoa Samosar. He says the following The Torah has a different language. And a different parlance, a different form of speaking, Tamid Adam. It's not the same way that we speak. The Torah may ascribe to certain actions very harsh descriptions. Uma bisha osam bitsura shamasa pesha kavedimlamite. The Torah may describe certain infractions as very severe. Uh be emas inam ella mishkim dakim when in truth they are just minor subtle deviations. Bimachshava, sometimes only in thought, or bikavana, shainanu Ryanbahim Kokeshim, also Mai Sa Pesha. we See the Torah describes something as a terrible sin, and when yet if you learn the Gemara about what the person actually did wrong, we start we sort of scratch our heads. That was a terrible sin that the Torah describes as such a terrible sin. That is because based on the barometer of Hashem, every deviance is in fact a terrible um, rebellion. And in heaven, they consider it like one of the most severe infractions. For example, and you'll see what this has to do with Parsha Zacher. The Torah says, Bishkon, When when Yaakov was living in that land, Ba Reuven, va'yishkav Esbila plegesh Aviv." Reuven lay with Bilah, his father's concubine, and we know that that's not really what happened. Reuven, in fact, did not live with Billa. What did he do? After his mother Leah passed away, so he figured, excuse me, after Rachel passed away, so Reuven figures, the next in line is, is Leah. So therefore, Yaakov should set up shop in Leah's tent. But, because he moved the bed from Billa into, into, uh, into Leah's into tent, it was considered as if he sort of meddled into Yaakov's private affairs. But in that very Pasuk, the next very Pasuk says, There were twelve equal righteous sons of Yaakov. Amr Khazal, if you say Ruvein sinned, you're making a mistake. kaachas. but the Sha Because he interfered with the bed arrangements. What did he do already? He didn't live with Bila. He didn't look at Bila. But in the eyes of Hashem, it's as if he... interference He was shachav. He actually had an illicit affair with his father's wife, which is the chay, of Misa. So in reality, what did he do? It was slightly a lack of modesty. But that's not how the Torah describes it. The description of the Torah is arayos. Tani Rav and Omer, That Sadiq was completely spared from that sin. He never did anything. You think his descendants were destined to stand up on har and to say, and he's going to actually sin that way. Right? He was just taking up the disgrace of his mother. Imo Imo, just because my mother's sister Rachel was the co-wife of my mother and was her competitor. Shivchas Achos Imo Tate Imo, the maidservant of the sister of my mother, should be my mother's competitor, just because Rachel was my mother's competitor. Billah the Shivcha should be your competitor? Amado Bilba So what do we see from here? Hare mochichem chazal. Chazal are showing us. She'ruvein loichata, Ruvein never sinned. And we are prohibited from even contemplating that Ruvain sinned. Just the opposite. What was Ruvain doing? He was doing a mitzvah. Yeah, he intended to... Kibbara He was doing a mitzvah. Bi'alahepech hu'asak b'mitzvah g'dayla. B'mitzvah's kibbaraeim. And he saw after Rachel died not Yaakov, mitasai, that Yaakov took his bed. in the Rachel that was always in Rachel's tent. If you would have asked Ruven, Ruven, what are you involved in? He probably said, I am involved in the great mitzvah of honoring my mother. Before I'm doing this, I'm being mechavin that I want to fulfill the mitzvah of His mother was the inheritor of the right to be with Yaakov. Mm -hmm. And yet, what does the Torah describe this act? Not as a mitzvah. Not as a minor infraction of modesty. Not as a major infraction of modesty. As a complete, open, illicit relation. Torah, torah the Torah describes this as one of the worst sins. It's almost looks that he should go take it without asking. So, you know what the Torah should say? But that he lived with his father's wife? I mean, that's not what happened. But in the eyes of Hashem, meddling in the private affair of a parent is akin to Arias. That's the way the Torah speaks. The language of the Torah is different than our language. That's the principle that the author of Sabakah sets forth. The Torah's language system is different than our language. We may see a minor infraction, but from the eyes of Hashem, this, a minor infraction is a stain on the neshama. Right? It's like you have a, it's like this. You're going to a wedding, you have a white tuxedo. right? You get a little bit of ketchup on it, forget it. And what if you have a really nice silk tie, $250 silk tie, that it says don't even bother dry cleaning, just throw it right out, and you get a little bit on that tie, forget it. So Hashem, we don't don't value the neshama, we don't understand, we just view it as like a a shmata, an undershirt, okay, so we got a little stain on the undershirt, We'll, we'll wash it off in some cold water. Hashem doesn't see it as an undershirt. Hashem sees it as, a, as a jewel, as a pure neshama with the slightest stain is. Oh. So what does this have to do with anything? Okay. We have a mitzvah to remember Amalek. For what? For what purpose? We have a mitzvah to kill Amalek. That I understand. If Yadeinut Kifan, we had the opportunity, we had the ability, and we had our own government. So we would have to fulfill that mitzvah. But what's the point of remembering if we can't kill them? If you don't remember, you'll forget. The, well, the, 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 the so we'll forget. At the, always be why do we have to remember? We have to remember the Avera that we did that brought about Amalek. What was the Avera? What was the, we have to remember the cause. It says, look in number two, this is the Arhat in the second, second section of. of of, of Shmuzin yesterday on I mean, Wednesday we spoke a great deal about Amalek and the relationship that they're having denied the existence of Al-Qaeda and we didn't once mention as I recall that the reason for Amalek's existence was an abbeyor by the B'nai then what was I going to say today you know <laughs> <laughs> good point <laughs> uh, Wednesday was you know Amalek's point of view now what did we do to bring him on that's a different story okay so Look in number two, the paragraph V'hinei. V'hinei matzino v'div'e Chazal. Shehem tolen es hasiba sheba Amalek li'lochem bi Yisrael b'zeh Shehisrapu minlimod ha-Torah. Chazal identified that the cause that brought about Amalek was the fact that we slackened off in Torah. Where do they see that? Ha-kos of Omer. Vayovay Amalek v'yilochem im Yisrael b'Rafidim. What, what now Rafidim is a place. But why do we need to know the name of the place? The Khazal ein Rafidim Ella Rifyon Yadaiim. Rafidim means their hands weakened. Why? Torah Lakah Nemar Hasone In other words, because we weakened off in learning, therefore the enemy came. Okay. So let's now picture. If Amalek was coming to kill us, and Chazal are saying, we weaken off in Torah, let's try to picture in our mind, how do they weaken off? So we would probably say, well, every day uh, they started off, you know, spending 24 hours a day in the base Medish. And if Chazal are saying they weakened off in learning, that probably means they closed their Gemaras. Maybe they locked up the Gemaras in a closet and they went to play golf. And then after golf, they went to watch the baseball game. And after the baseball game, they went to check their stocks. And after the stocks, they went to the restaurant. And they didn't open up the Gemara at all. No, that wouldn't be weak. That would be denying. Weakened, maybe they went from 24 hours to 23 hours. So let us try to understand, if the Torah is saying they weakened, what does that mean? Because remember, we've already established that the Torah is highly exaggerated. And what the Torah calls Arayos, we would call the mitzvah of Kibiravaim. How much mitzvahs did they have anyhow if that's what They didn't get the Mara yet? Well they didn't even have the Torah yet. Right? But, but still and, uh, you know, that's about it. Right. Lipaska like Yeshiva Mimena and uh, they had mixed ass mitzvahs from Mara and well, Mara'cause is, is not myth, they didn't get it. No, at the, right after um, the Yam they came to tomorrow, right? And after Marah, right? Okay. And even, even, uh, even in Mitzrayim they had <coughs> Megillos Shenis Asku Okay. Yeah. If, if because they will weaken. Yeah. We know the exaggeration. Yeah. And they are the Torah. Yeah. If that was the result. That was the causative effect that Amole should be our. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> what could possibly the Torah say about sure. and I know some say Let's see, let's see. Let's, let's see. He bone According to the value system of the Torah, what does it mean they weakened in Torah? the We've already Established in previous compositions, the language of the Torah. How different, how different it is from our understanding. In other words, what we would call something is not how the Torah describes it. Right? We've already explained that even the slightest infraction, the Torah blows it up. Right? You ever? Sometimes, you know, I have a sefer. It's tiny, tiny, tiny letters. If I want to have Rahmanus on you, I put it up, bring it to the copy machine and I blow it up 250 times. Right? If I don't want to have Rahmanus on you, like this page, I made, it, I, I made it smaller, 88% of it. But, right, sometimes if it's really small and uh, Charlie's going to tell me, Rabbi, what do you do? you know? So, so I tell him, uh, I'm giving your eyes exercise. But some, right, I blow it up. <laughs> I blow it up. That's what the Torah is doing, the Torah blows up the Avera. Okay? And then the author goes on to say, he gives a few examples, that in the Navi Yecheskel, in Parakirches, is the Pasuk says to the mount El Haharim, lo ohal, veenov lo nasa, el Gilula Time, nidale here, the Gemara is describing four different Averos. The, the, the Navi is describing four different Averos. Idol worship, adultery, and living with anida. So we would think, wow, these are terrible Averos. When in fact, the Averos that are, they're describing is not using and not tapping into zuchus avos. When it says they didn't worship idols, it refers to they were not arrogant. When it says they did not commit adultery it means they did not infringe on their friend's business. And when it says they did not live with anida, it means they did not take a penny from tzedakah if they didn't need it. So here you have a completely different language system. The Navi says that if you infringe on your friend's business, it's adultery. If you live with anida, what does that refer to? Taking tzedakah improperly. So what, again, this is another illustration of how The language system of Tanakh is a completely different language system than we use. And the author goes on to say that the Torah is even more exaggerated than the Navi. In other words, if the Navi considers infringing on your friend's business, adultery, and taking improper tzedakah, like living with the Nida, and that's the ratio. In other words, you see the Navi's language, the ratio is taking tzedakah, is like living with anida. Infringing on your friend's business is like adultery. Then the ratio of the Torah is even greater. In other words, you know, you could blow something up on the copy machine 200 times. You could blow it up 1,000 times. If the Navi blows up in a sin 200 times, the Torah will blow it up even 1,000 times. In other words, the Torah is even more directly the point of view of God Himself. So however much exaggerated the language of the Navi is, even more than that is the language of the Chumash. Okay. So let's just imagine for one minute... If the Torah says refidim... That Klal Yisrael weakened in learning... We should just imagine how super exaggerated that is. Okay? So you can imagine... What a slight, tiny imperfection... Their lack of learning was. Right? If The Torah doesn't say they threw away the learning... The Torah doesn't say they were mavato from learning. This Listen to this. The Torah could have said they forsook learning. And if the Torah would have said they forsook learning, we could just imagine probably one time while they were learning, they were not concentrating 100%. But the Torah doesn't even say they forsook their learning. The Torah doesn't even say they were mavato from their learning. The Torah doesn't even say they weakened in learning. The Torah just says the name of a place. From that place we infer, if it's called Rafidim, that they were slightly lacking in the learning. And if the language of the Torah is so super exaggerated, you could just imagine that their lack of concentration and attachment to learning was on such a microscopic level that it's barely, it's, we could not even detect it, right? If the language of the Torah is so super exaggerated, and the Torah doesn't even say they forsook learning, they were Mavato from learning, they didn't learn, they were weak in learning, the Torah just says a name, and from there we infer they were Rufu Yudemana Torah. And if that language itself is so blown up, the Avera must have been super exaggerated. Now listen to this. Look in Dalit, look in Ost Dalet. The oh, result of the Avera is the results were terrible. The results were terrible. In other words, what we're learning is the slightest deviation from Limud Torah brings catastrophic results. And now Mida Tova Maruba, if a person strengthens himself in Torah in just even the slightest, tiniest bit, imagine, right? Imagine if a person said, I'm gonna learn an extra ten minutes a week. That's not microscopic. You could see that. If the devastating effects of even a microscopic deviation from Torah are so strong, imagine the tremendous blessing that Hashem will give us from making the smallest increase and added attachment to lima, the Torah. You know, if, you, if you make a very small incremental addition, you still have a lot to go to overcome the Onesh, for not being entirely devoted: Okay, but so, I mean, you're, you apparently know, you you're on got your a big debit. you get a little bit of a credit you've com- got a big debit compared to where you are, right you're being judged where you are. If you add to it, it will spell tremendous difference. the same way a microscopic diminution spells catastrophic, right It's like uh, you know the atom bomb. <laughs> you move it one microscopic degree one way it has tremendous effects. You make it vote. Right, you're shooting a missile, if, you, if the angle is a microscopic degree lower, it will end up in one country. <laughs> if it's a microscopic degree higher, it will end up in a different continent, right? Because in other words, the Torah that God entrusted us with is something of such massive consequences that the slightest deviation for bad or for good spells the biggest difference in the world. Now look in Dalit, Umikan Navo, by the way, this is classic Slabotka Musr. This is Slobatka Musar at its finest, right? Where you take you'll see what I mean. <laughs> Look in Ostalit. Look in Ostalit. Umikan Lahavanes From this we can understand a little bit the remes and the word Rafid. Anumotzimbed Chazal. We find in the words of chazal, peyrush, an explanation. The understanding of what the Navi means when he says we forsook the Torah. Let's just, let's get the level straight. If you want to say somebody deviated from the Torah, what would be the most severe way of saying it? They forsook the Torah. What would be a little bit less? They didn't forsake it, but they were mevatel. Sometimes they didn't do it. What would be a little bit less? They weakened in the Torah. What would be a little bit less? You say a place. That place alludes to the fact that they weakened a little bit. So, the word refidim is many, many degrees separated from the language of azvam torasi. Now, we find in Chazal that there was a point in time when Kal Yisrael was azvam torasi. Anybody remember what that meant? When the Navi yermia says that Kal Yisrael was azvam torasi, you know what that means, says the Gemara? It means... How did they forsake the Torah? They were learning Torah so much, and be, they became so accustomed to learning Torah at all times, that they didn't take a break every morning to say, Torah. That's what it means. Ozvam Forsaking Torah means they learned so much, that they started to, un, to unappreciate the value of it, that, that they didn't say a bracha. Well, didn't we also learn that uh, you could learn and learn and learn? But if you don't apply to your white card, but that's not what it, they did. Learn, that's not what that happened. No, yeah, but that's not what happened. But, they com- they no, but that's not why they forgot to make the bracha. They forgot to make the bracha because they were so involved in learning that it was almost like they never stopped. Right? Imagine if you're up all night and all day, you don't make a bracha. What? Shavuos morning. Shavuos morning we don't make a bracha, Right? If you're so involved, engrossed in learning, they were so involved in engrossed in learning, they, it's, this is what they do. They breathe. You don't make a bracha when you breathe. Why? Hey, you, how could you? That's what you're doing all day, all night. They were so involved in learning, they didn't make brachas sa' Torah. That's what the Torah calls azvam as tairasi. They forsook the Torah. So you could just imagine when the Torah says, not azvam terasi, tairasi, not they were Mavata from learning. Not they slackened off, but refidem, which is a hint to mm-hmm. refiyon yadam Torah, you could just imagine, you just can't imagine what possibly, what microscopic diminution in Torah there was. Look what he says. Es has, es Israel. Hanavi describes the cause that brought about the destruction of Sova Omer, and he says like this. Ha-chacham Who is the man, the wise man? who understands this, and who is the man that God spoke to, he will tell us, why was Israel destroyed? They forsook my Torah. And the Gemara explains, what does this mean, they forsook my Torah? This matter was asked to the Chachamim, and to the prophets, no one could know. You hear what's happening here? They asked the Gedolei Hadar, why, why is the land being destroyed? Nobody knew. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? They asked all the Gedolim, and the, they said, Gedolim, why are the Jewish people being removed from the land? Nobody knew. They asked the prophets, what are the Jewish people doing wrong? You surely know. We can't see anything. At Shapir Shvach Adeshbarach, but Atzim until Hashem himself explained it. They don't make Berchas Atar. They couldn't comprehend. They couldn't understand what brought about the destruction. Only God Himself, who can probe the heart and the kidneys, who He uncovered their sin. Now, what was, why didn't they make the Torah? when they woke up early in the morning to learn the Torah sages because they were so careful to learn Torah at all times they sort of lost track and they didn't make a bracha and what does the Navi describe that as? they forsook it completely Forsook it completely. If we would sum up the situation, we would have wrote an article in the newspaper. The Jewish people today are on the highest level of Torah knowledge ever. They learn Torah 24 hours a day. They wake up in the morning. They go to the base medicine in the afternoon. Then the Mismedash in the night. They're in the Mismedash. An unparalleled level of Torah study. And, the, and yet Hashem calls it, You forsook my Torah. So what do you see from here? The language of the Navi is highly exaggerated. So you can imagine if the Navi was describing, imagine if the Navi said refidim, what a microscopic level of diminution of Torah that would be. And now just apply that, now that the Torah says refidim again, the Torah blows things up even more than the Navi blows it up. right? The Navi calls Azvam es torasi what we would call Hasmada. Imagine what a microscopic level of lack of Torah the Navi would consider Rafidim. and now imagine if the Torah says refidim what a completely undetectable level of rif yon there must have been in the Jewish people's Torah It's still very hard to imagine that the onesh of this Rafidim resulted in, in, in a malay and a midah adah <laughs> Although the Navi writes explicitly, they forsook the Torah. That's not what it means. the The sages, the Navi. We're not talking about sages in our time. We're talking about. Sages before the Ariza, right? They could look at your forehead, they could tell you everything you ever thought that was wrong. And they said, we don't see anything wrong over here. The Jews are on, a, on the highest possible level. They could not detect any infraction. The kavana is for the slightest infraction. And listen to this, Rabbi Isai. It wasn't in any infraction in the Torah itself, it was an infraction <laughs> in the Bircha Satara. <laughs> <Ela>, right? <laughs> Something only God Himself could reveal. Zos <laughs> Hanavi. This slight infraction, the Navi calls Azumas as az- torasi. Az- az- which we take to mean the safer is open and they walk out on the safer. So now let's go back to Amalek. Look at Osei. Look at Ose. Yeah, I know. Zuhi mashmos and HaNavua. This is the terminology of the Navi. Okfar And we've already explained Shem Lashen HaNavua chamurah kolkach. If the language of the Prophet is so severe, Allah has come and come all oh, the more so, the language of the Torah. Now listen to this: If the Torah would have said, "Why did Amalek come?" We would be forced to say it's for an infraction less than the Azam es Tarasi in the Navi, because we know the language of the Torah is even more exaggerated than the Lashon of the Navi. Right? If the Torah would have said Amalek came al azl we would be forced to say it was for some kind of slackening off less than the azl mas and in the Navi. But the Torah doesn't say al-Azl-Mas-Tarasi. Vim al-Bitl-Tarah. What if the, if the Torah would have written that Amalek didn't come al azma mas but al-Bitl-Tarah. bitl taira implies we still, we don't forsake our learning, but once in a while we goof off it would have been even for a more minuscule infraction what if the Torah would have written explicitly that Amalek came because our hands slack the Torah would have been for even a more minuscule infraction but nevertheless the Torah does not write any of the above the Torah writes Rafidim. Rafidim is only a remez to roughly the Torah I'm in hay now just imagine now the Torah will not even write. Their hands were weakened in Torah. All it says is the name of the place. How does this contrast to Kriyashma, where it's one second? They just say the name of the place that Amalek came to, and that's Rafidim. Ela, Shebeshem, Hamak, and Hazet. The name of this place, Ephshar, Limsai, Remez, Sharafu, Yedeim, Benat Torah. What do we see from here, Abba The language of the Torah is completely different than our value system. And, and, this small, minuscule of that is undetectable. What were the results? The results were so severe, where God swears. That his name has been made incomplete and his throne has been made incomplete because of this slight microscopic diminution in How does this compare to Kriyash, where it says, and it says, I won't bring the rain in the time, and it's four. So we have clear cuts if you don't listen. But you have to know exactly, which is ostensibly one of the worst things that happened to us, that the Torah just gives us a remedy Imlai Sishmu means. Yeah okay. also even a even a slight if a person slackens off even in the slightest amount that's <laughs> also loisishmuh it's a, is, is a is flat out statement here we have to learn no, through no. a remedy it's flat out but in the torah's parlance a flat out statement is highly exaggerated in other words when the torah says if you don't listen to me this will be the result even the slightest deviation is included in emloisishmuh if the torah describes I not making berachas the Torah ozva the mes but, but for it's us to Shimu. learn, for it's us to learn about Amalek, it's through a remez. It, I mean, it doesn't? No, say, it's not through a remez. The Torah says Amalek came, yeah, but, yeah, but it doesn't say why. It, so it, what do you it, see? You, you see that when it comes Torah. to limerat Torah, even the slightest deviation and slackening off in limerat Torah brings devastating results, right? Limadat Torah is the most important mitzvah so we have, right? There's no question. That's the most basic, the most basic job of a Jew. The most elementary obligation we have is Limadat Torah. The Gemara says that, that uh, children came into the Medrash and it says they in things that even be most Yeshua benun nishmu kamayu, they in the Aleph Bez. Aleph Bez, Gimal Dalad. Aleph Beis stands for Aleph bina, learn Torah. Gimel Dalar, gimel Dalar. Chavos Chaim points out, what do you see from here? Alef Bey, what's the aleph Bey's of being a Jew? Learning Torah. The next thing, gimel dalel, right? People get caught up, caught, caught up in all of these extraneous types of service. This segula, that segula. This this is a good omen for that. And if you do, if you go here and you you give these amount of coins to this at this place, th- 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 those things are not mentioned. The most basic obligation like Victor Miller used to say for a Jew, bava kama, mitzvah sharem. That's it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> bava kama, mitzvah sharem. And of course, aleph bazav up, you know, gamal dam is milchasadam. But if a Jew learns Torah das he's already uh he has his meat and potatoes. He has his meat and potatoes. But especially lima da Torah, right? We've uh, we've mentioned here that of all the avos None of them were attacked. Except for Yaakov Avinu, right? Nobody ever starts up with Avraham. Nobody ever starts up with Yitzhak. Yaakov Avinu, all of a sudden, the Malachi wants to kill him. Well, what's the problem with Yaakov? Yeah. Right, the Chavaz Chaim says, Avraham Avinu is chesed. Yitzchak doesn't like chesed, but he could swallow it. Yitzhak Avinu is Tfila. Doesn't like it. He'll turn the other way. Torah. Forget it. Because Yitzchak knows, Barasi Yitzchak." Barasi image. Torah Tablet image. right? MS. MS kenei Al-Timkar the Torah the Torah is the kryptonite of the Yitzhara a Jew who learns Torah that's how he can fight the Yitzhara a Jew who doesn't learn Torah you show me a Jew who doesn't learn Torah that person is completely overtaken by the Yitzhara there's no other medication God created the Yitzhara and he's telling you there's only one medicine imagine you know you go to the doctor he says this is the makah here's the Rafua you don't take that medicine, nothing's going to happen. Right? Oh, I think it's better to eat carrots instead of taking that medicine. Okay, you'll see what happens. Right? Hashem says, I created the Sahara, and I'm telling you, there's only one cure. There's only one cure. The cure is... To the Torah. The Amalek is the Yitzhahara himself, right? The Amalek is the embodiment of the Samach Mem, of uh, the forces of Tumah. Any slight diminution however microscopic it may be, Vayav v'yamalek v'yilochem im Yisrael berfidim. and look at number three. He ends off, whenever you have a war against any, any opponent, you gotta know what is the strength of your opponent. Right? If you know your opponent's plugged into the wall, so you don't have to fight him, you can just unplug him. right? You have to know, where, where is your opponent coming from? And Chazal tell us, where does where does Amalek come from? Bailatam im Yisrael Burfidim Sharafu Min Minatorah. In other words, the more we slacken off in Torah, the stronger Amalek comes. But Midatov Muruba, which means like this. If even a microscopic diminution in Lima Torah brings Amalek, then even the slightest, however small and undetectable it might be, even the slightest improvement and dedication to Lima Torah spells devastating results to Amalek so devastating what? I mean you had Haibatza's Torah in, in Europe and nevertheless if you want we could discuss that privately <laughs> I know your opinion that uh, but, wasn't as much but, but uh, if you want to know you can, if you're interested you can read Rabbi Hanan further in the Kaibatza and he, he'll tell you himself about what was happening in uh, Europe he'll give you his first hand account Bye-bye, Have a, day. Have a good day. Have, morning, have a good childhood.